the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to connect to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio Show, where we dive into God's Word and Kingdom topics. Best things we do is give to the needy around us. We are giving to people who are needing groceries and gas to get to work. And as a partner, a percentage of that is going towards people who need it right around us. Thanks for your partnership. Stay tuned for today's Kingdom Topic. Here's Olivia with today's message. Welcome to Let's Talk Kingdom. My name is Olivia Barrett and talk about having so much joy being the host of this show. Um, I really want to thank you for being listeners, whether you are hearing on the radio or getting a chance to listen to the replay, but it is pure joy for me to exchange like conversation about the kingdom and what God is doing and the things that he wants to keep doing and the blessings on our lives as kingdom people. And so, um, I really want to focus on that today. Like just the place of, you know, God knowing us, you know, he knows us, he knows who we are. He knows what we're capable of. Um, you know, he knows where we're making mistakes, you know, he knows and he knows these things and he still wants to stick with the plan. <laughs> so, I mean, if you've been with us a little bit, you know that I talk about this and, and kind of one of the systems that he uses is, you know, it's a system he's put in place that he's not going to go against. And it's this place of he uses people, he uses man, you know, he uses the concept of, you know, bringing things from heaven into earth and he does it through people. And I think it's so funny because, you know, talk about, you know, if you really embrace that, I mean, this is not even the topic, but I'm bringing this up. You know, if you really embrace that idea, like that the main plan is that God would bring heaven through people into the earth, then um, you would never question if you had a mission. <laughs> like, you know, you wouldn't question your purpose. Okay, I'm just throwing that in there because uh, that seems super important. But um, really, I wanted to talk about something that is a little shocking when you think about um, his goodness in your life, like his blessing on your life, the fact that he knows who you are. He knows what you're capable of. And when I say that, you know, he knows what you're capable of, of um, without him. <laughs> and he knows what you're capable of with him. Like he knows both of those places in you, you know, and for you. And so, um, I want to talk about something that, you know, typically if you're hearing this, you would be thinking um, really uh, negative things, but there's actual goodness and blessing in something that I want to bring up today. So I uh, would love to pray for us. Um, God, thank you so much for this radio show. Would Let's Talk Kingdom bring joy into our lives today? Would this be a place of joy and abundance and a, just a deeper place of hearing your thoughts and your ways? Um, for how we encounter life. Um, really, I ask that you would open the ears of the listeners. Would you 
connect us to your actual heart in this and would we would we see you like would we see you and how you you care for us and how you know who we are and and how your promises uh still happen despite um all the knowing that you know about us so thank you for who you are um and who we are in this relationship uh just bless today and bring us peace and ease in Jesus name amen okay so um, I like to pray. I hope you enjoy that too. Like there's really moments of, you know, I get that sense of, hey, if we pray here, like there's something that will, you know, be more clear or it's going to be defined for someone or even for me as I speak it. Um, and so just hang on, you know, in those moments of, hey, let's just pause and pray. Like there's a, there's just, a, there's an intentionality in that. So really uh, just to hope that makes sense in what we're doing here for the radio show. But um, I wanted to talk about something that I think if you were to read this in scripture, um, it would bring like shock and horror to you. I, I really like, you know, you, you read some of these places in the Old Testament and you go, are you kidding me? Like, that is pretty gruesome or like that is so tangible in how they had to respond to that. Um, you know, well, it just seems really big for us to receive that maybe that is how uh, some interactions with God went down in the Old Testament. But um, something I want to share with you guys is is a whole new perspective shift on this. But um, I am in Exodus. Now, if you've been in Exodus, there's some really intense uh, moments that the Israelites go through, like, you know, so it's the picture of, you know, if you were to really say Exodus and you drew a picture or you saw a picture of maybe what this book represented, you see the Israelites walking out of Egypt, right? Like this is the picture that would describe everything. You know, it's just masses of people that are leaving an environment where they've been slaves. You know, God answered their prayers and he brought them out of, you know, a place that was controlling them, a place that was, um, you know, making them more and more poor. And it was, you know, abusing them basically. And he, he takes them out. Okay. So now Exodus is what's going on during the journey, <laughs> you know? So the goal is, you know, Exodus is the book that is connecting us to the promise. So, you know, God promised them a land, you know, a land for all of them, all of the groups of people that are created here, uh, that you get to learn about and read in Exodus. But, um, there, so Exodus is kind of that in between, you know, it's the place of where, you know, you've come out of, the horrible situation, right? And you're heading into the promise. And so this entire book (laughs) is about that journey. Now, I know that that even, um, that's the big event. Like, I mean, uh, and to really say this, I mean it, like the whole book is like the big event. I mean, you're talking about, you know, what it would mean to really go through uh, that journey and, and just the description of the journey. And there's a lot of big description in Exodus, um, stuff that you really go, I really don't know if I want to read how that happened or what that choice, you know, the choice they made and then what God needed to do to rectify <laughs> um, that disobedience, you know, or however it went down. And so what I wanted to show you guys today is something of God's goodness. And, and this is a real beautiful moment, but I want to read this to you. This is um, Exodus, I believe it's Exodus 33. Um, and this is where the Israelites have recognized 
they have sinned against God. Like, so the big event in this section is where they had made the golden calf. So you all know that you've seen that picture, right? Like even in Sunday school, um, the golden calf that they all worshiped, um, Aaron, even who actually was a leader at the time, got swept into that and helped them make that in that nuts. And so they're in that moment of where they recognize Okay, we've really sinned here. We it, we pretended like there was another God out there when we watched the only God take us out of slavery, right? And so they made a huge mistake here. Like, I mean, a really, really big one. Um, and as you read, like, you could see how God took it personal. <laughs> like, he took it personal. Like, and obviously, you know, the place of where he puts in his um, Ten Commandments, you know, the covenant of, you know, no other gods before me, right? Like th- this is a personal one. Like this is a one where, you know, God's not going to just ignore the fact that uh, they chose another God. And okay, so they've gone through some of this and uh, actually they were, um, I mean, in the big part of the story, they actually had to be naked, <laughs> to expose the fact and um you know they had sent now if you've read the old testament you're actually really aware of how closely connected um the tangible is to symbolic uh things that happen in their lives and so you know the symbolism of you know being vulnerable before god right it was well I'm going to be the most vulnerable and I'm going to be naked. Now, and that's hilarious and and not hilarious. Like, I mean, I want you to hear me say that, but it's that place of like, they're tangibly showing my vulnerability to God at this point. They are saying, I, um, I, I send, I was wrong, you know, and I'm showing you. Okay. So that's kind of that moment. That's the big moment after the calf. And I don't know if you had known that, but, um, this is the part I actually wanted us to read. So I hope we can get there to this point. Um, it's just really good. Okay. But it's in chapter 33 and this is where the lo- the Lord is speaking to Moses at this point and he is telling him to go. Um, it's time to go. They, he wants him to go into the land, um, in which he has promised them. Now, this is crazy because it had, they, they've just gone through this really intense time um, of where they had sinned and God is wanting them to go further. And he's saying, I want you um, to go. And, and the people, and he says, you know, he describes them, the people that I've taken out of Egypt. Um, I want to take them into the land that I've promised, the land that I promised to Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob. Um, and he wants to do this promise. Like he wants to take them there. And he says, I will send Send an angel before thee, and he's going to drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Okay, wow. But what he's saying is he is going to take them into a land that he has promised them, but he promised people a long time ago this was going to happen. And he's already telling them, I am going to take care of all the people in this new land that would be against them. Wow. Like he's already telling them ahead. I am going to take care of this for you. You know, whatever these people are against you in, you know, there's going to be enemies there that you're going to encounter. There's going to be people that don't want to give up their land. Um, You know, all of this is going to be happening. And God is saying, no, I am going to take care of them. He's already telling them this. I want to take you into the land flowing with milk and honey. But here's the thing. This is what he wants to do. 
his heart is still focused on the promise. It's the promise that he actually gave way before the Israelites. He was telling them, it's the it's the promise that I gave to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. Like the promise that, that God would actually be within thousands and thousands of people past them. Like it would be a blessed people. It would be a blessed place and a land that would actually take care of these very people. And especially in that time frame, I mean, you know, you're thinking about, you know, possessions and abundance and you're thinking about territory and, you know, all of that stuff actually represented, um, you know, kind of a person's authority. And so when you're thinking about how it, it means that God is already saying to these people who have just created an enormous mistake in front of God, I still want to do this for you. I still want to take you into the very promise um, that I have given to all the people before you. Okay, so think of that great blessing. Um, But then what it means that he's saying right after that, I will not go into the midst of thee. So that is this picture of, oh my goodness, I want to do these things, but I can't. I can't get among you. Like there's still so much sin there. I can't even, I can't come. Now this is the tangible God, meaning like he shows up in a cloud to them. (laughs) He's a tangible God and they know that that cloud is representing his presence on the earth. And so basically he's telling them, hey, listen, that cloud that represents me, I can't even get there among you still. So not only did you come and confess, you know, your vulnerability to me and show me that there is still so much going on here um, that I can't be among you because there is still so much sin. And um, I think that that's pretty interesting for God to really Show them, hey, this is happening here. Um, You have done a great work in being vulnerable, but we are still in a moment of where there is, like, there's no connection between you and me. Um, We are not... Uh, in a place of uh, where things have really been reconciled between us yet. And I want to do these things for you. I want to bring in um, this promised land into your life and into your authority, um, but I can't get there. And the reason why he's saying that is because if you read a little bit more, (laughs) he calls them a stiff-necked people. Um, I mean, this is just God showing power, but he's saying I could just consume any of you, like, you know, like you are still stiff necked to the things that I am wanting to do among you. Um, and it really, uh, I have the power to like, just kind of make this whole thing go away. And he's wanting to say to you, Hey, listen, I have something really great to share with you. Um, but I need you to not be stiff necked anymore in this situation. Okay, so this must be part one um, of this. And I'm so excited to bring you the second part of this tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Let's Talk King. Uh, Welcome. Just really glad you're here. Uh, If you were with me yesterday, or if you need to go catch the replay, we actually are in um, a two-part conversation. And so it's great to uh, come in and be ready (laughs) to to talk about um, Exodus 33. It's where we were yesterday, and this is actually where uh, we are going to start right today. And so...
house where God has been talking to Moses. Now, this is where we're going to pick back up in the story um, and what I want you all to be hearing for. So uh, God and Moses are speaking to each other. Um, Moses has you know, basically gone to God to say, um, I am coming to, uh, let's see if he had used the word atone. He is coming basically to reconnect the people to God. Saying, you know, I need you to forgive their sins. I need you to forgive what they did um, so that this connection is reestablished. And so this is the the moment where Moses and God are speaking to each other. Um, And this is where we're picking back up. So God has been telling Moses, like reminding him, hey, there's a promise, (laughs) like a really big one. That is in front of the Israelites. And it's actually a new land. A land that they need. Because obviously they didn't have land. They were slaves of the Egyptians. So basically they were under the authority of the Egyptians. So they had no rights. They had you know, no availability to riches or abundance. I mean they couldn't even do things for themselves. Because everything was done for the Egyptians. Okay so they've not had um, a place that was theirs. That they could you know, make it theirs. They could grow in that space. And, um, you know, especially at that time, you know, land represented abundance and authority. So, you know, who owned the land, you had authority over that land, right? I mean, that's very similar to today, but it's still this picture of God taking them into something that he promised them. It even referenced where he promised, he made this promise to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So even before them, Um, He was giving this promise of you will have this land um, because there's going to be so many people that carry this blessing from God, you know, this place that Abraham has been promised. So um, that's where God is right now with Moses. He is telling them, I still want to carry out this promise. I still want to take them into this land that has milk and honey. But where we paused (laughs) is where he says, but I will not go up in the midst of thee. And he is saying, um, there is still sin. So they, they have shown me their vulnerability. You know, they've shown me their awareness of what's happened, what they chose with the calf. Um, And remember, you know, them making a calf and worshiping that, um, that's kind of, I mean, that's incredibly personal. I mean, it's a personal thing that God said, wow, like, you know, of all the things that people would do, you know, to choose another God, like that's really, um, that's a personal, uh, he takes it personal is what I'm trying to say. Like, that is something that he really needs to take care of, like the first thing. So when people are experiencing um, something other than God, like he's going there first, right? Like he's going to go into that spot first. But what it means that he is um, still with them, you know, he is still with them. He didn't just, you know, show them that they were wrong and doing that. He's still with them. And that is where we are right now with him and Moses. But he is saying there is still sin. There is still there's still sin around them, among them. I can't I can't be there. I want to be there among them, but I can't. And um, and if you remember, you know, these places in Exodus where God showed up in a physical form, but it was a cloud, if you remember this. And um, and then there was like a fire at night that would help guide them. I mean, I don't know if you get used to that. Like if you're seeing that all the time and you're like, oh, yeah, that's just the fire. You're like, what? I mean, it's just a cloud. That cloud is God. You know, and I'm like, I hope that that's not like a, a thing they got used to. But I don't know. I mean, just throwing that out there, like, 
you know, getting used to something that God's been doing over and over and over when actually it's the most amazing thing in your life that's happened. Um, and God is wanting to be among them again. He's, he's wanting to come in one of these tangible forms and he can't, there is sin. Okay. So this is where we're picking up in chapter 33. Um, so now Moses needed to go tell this to the people. Um, and what he did was he told them what God had said. They, God had said, you are a stiff necked people. And, um, and basically I could consume this entire situation and, and call it done. And when the people heard this, they started mourning. It was a place of, oh my goodness, we have grieved God. Like it was kind of that place of, um, God is very serious about my choice that I made that was against him, but there is still sin here and I, and God wants to be here, but I, he can't be close to me because of the sin. And so, um, so he's saying this to the people and, and they, they actually are mourning, but here's something he told them. And this is like the big, whoa moment. I'm going to tell you what to do that will actually put my presence back among you. And he says in this place of put off thy ornaments from thee that I may know what to do unto thee. Okay. So what he is saying is, um, you showed me vulnerability before. Um, I acknowledge that I acknowledge that you did that. But now there is still so much sin and it was around these places of where they've adorned themselves. So uh, I don't know all of the things they were wearing, <laughs> you know, if they had picked up jewels along the way or, you know, what maybe their jewelry at that time looked like because they had been in the wilderness. I don't know, but it was still adorning them. It was still um, showing off some kind of beauty or rich, like a riches that maybe somebody would wear that somebody else didn't have. I mean, whatever it was, it was these things that they wore around them. Um, I read a little bit about this and it was, you know, they could have had rings on or bracelets or necklaces or even earrings, things in their hair. The men could have had things on their belts, um, you know, all kinds of different ways that they had um, what well, they called ornaments. I think it's funny to think of an ornament, you know, um, <laughs> you know, if you're thinking of ornaments like I did, I mean, it was, you know, ornaments. When I say that, I, I think of a tree, a Christmas tree, and there's ornaments on the tree. But this is actually a really good picture because the ornaments add such beauty to your Christmas tree. You know, they add color. There are some that sparkle. Um, there's a lot that have, you know, memories with them. You know, there's other ornaments that are not just round. They are shapes and toy looking things. And, you know, the ornaments are just these gorgeous things that hang from the Christmas trees, right? Like we spend money on them. Um, it's a part of decoration. And so that's what is a good description of what you could see hanging around uh, the necks or the arms um, of the Israelites. And God is saying those ornaments, those things you have on um, are not they're showing me because you're still wearing them that you are not fully mourning what has happened. So you've shown me your vulnerability, but you're not actually showing me with this next action. And so um, the people take off the ornaments. Now, this is so beautiful. 
they take off the ornaments. They actually heard this and they said, oh my goodness, we do have to show that we are mourning this. You know, it's no longer just this place of reveal and vulnerability, but they are mourning the fact that they did this against God. Okay. Now I know I'm describing a lot of, of some of that event there, but what I want you to hear is this is so great because them actually going through that step taking off their ornaments to reveal to God and to Moses, they are mourning what they're doing. It was like that place inside where you were saying, I may have been vulnerable with God, but now I am going to take the things off. Like I'm not even going to wear the things that connect me, you know, in a way to my sin or connect me in a way to you know, choosing my own way or selfishness or, or pride even like at that time when people were mourning, they didn't wear their jewelry. They didn't wear what is called ornament at this time. And so taking that off was a really big symbol that said, okay, God, not only am I vulnerable, I'm repentant. Isn't that great? So God is saying, this is what I need you to do so I can come among you. And then right after that, Moses took to the tabernacle and and it goes through all of these descriptions about him being there. Um, And it came to pass that God wanted to be there as well. So the people did this work. Moses was able to go into the tabernacle and then it came to pass. Moses entered the, entered the tabernacle and the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And then a couple of scriptures down, it talks about uh, where God is talking to him. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio. We want you connected to kingdom topics that move and shape your week. God's voice brings me joy and real connection to him and the places where I need peace in the moment. I want you to experience God's voice the way that I have and let him confirm direction or next steps in your life. You won't regret learning how to fine-tune what you hear from heaven. Get this exclusive offer at ltkradio.com. Look for the Lifetime Membership tab and click on the mini course called Direction in Detail. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Kingdom. What a joy to talk about risking on God's voice and the power that you have inside. You are welcome to come and visit us on our website at ltkradio.com. Thanks again for connecting to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio. We will see you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.